everyone. Welcome to the Herd Podcast. My name is Allison Marshall. This is the first episode ever. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, a few, I guess a month ago, I had the opportunity to chat with some frontline workers and I was sort of taken aback by some of the things that I didn't know or didn't realize that they were facing um, beyond what I had just assumed. So I thought I would create a platform and a place to gather um, people who are in the front lines and however you define the front lines. So today we're going to hear from Chanel Top. Chanel is a dental assistant um, and this is actually not one of the professions that came to mind um, right off the bat for me as a frontline um, worker but it's interesting because I'm not even sure how much more frontline you can get than in somebody's mouth during a pandemic. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. I hope you enjoy this one in particular. Um, There is one point during the podcast where Chanel talks about her job um, being one of the three or four most high risk um, jobs that there is during a pandemic. And we sort of veer off and start talking about mental health. But I think in the end what she's really saying is the risks of um, obviously being less than six feet distance from somebody second that have them having them take off a mask completely and then third being right in their mouth Um, so again I super hope you enjoy this podcast I love talking to Chanel she was amazing Hopefully I haven't said um too many times in this introduction or in the podcast, but let me know your feedback and I look forward to uh, when you're with me again for the next one. Hello. Hey. Hey. Okay. We're back on technology is not my most favorite thing. (laughs) No, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Chanel, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, who you are, all the stuff about your life, just anything you want to share. We'll start with that. Perfect. Yeah. So, I'm Chanel. Um, I'm a dental assistant here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, I graduated in 2017. I have been working and practicing in the field ever since, um, and I love it. Awesome. Can you just um, remind us what field it is? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a dental assistant. Um, Basically, kind of what we do is we are the right hand man to the dentist. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you've ever had a filling or a root canal or something like that, um, we're the one in the room with the dentist and preparing everything and helping them out with whatever they need. Awesome. I feel like you guys are the ones that do most of the work anyway. (laughs) Usually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're new to the profession. Yeah, so fairly yeah. new. Yeah, graduated okay. in 2017. And uh, yeah, I've been working in the field ever since. But, you know, it's been almost four years, I guess. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. What a time to get into it, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Having no idea how much it was going to kind of change. or. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, my mom always wanted me to be a dental assistant. She always thought they were, I don't know, very professional. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's a great, it really is a great it's uh you learn a lot you're always doing different things um yeah no it's great I love it (laughs) for sure for sure um and so tell me how you kind of came to that work was it something you always wanted to do or just fall in your lap 
Um, yeah, so ever since I was in, like, fourth grade, basically, I started um, with orthodontic treatment, um, and I just really fell in love with the field because of that. I was actually terrified of my orthodontist, but some of the uh-huh. assistants he had were really, really great. Um, okay. And so just from there, I just knew I, I needed to be in the dental field um, in some way. Uh, and then I ended up, I, I went to Dalhousie here for a bit and I kind of didn't have, like, I didn't have a clear goal and I, I like to have clear goals. I was just kind of doing a general science degree and I was like, I don't know what I really want to do, even though I'd always kind of thought I wanted to be in dental, but I started, um, taking some courses that would point me in the direction of pharmacy and that kind of stuff. And, I decided to take a year off because I thought, I don't know, I'm just kind of wasting money here, not really knowing what I want to do. And uh, just on a whim, I applied to our community college here uh, for dental assisting. And I didn't even really know what a dental assistant, um, you know, had a vague idea, but just when you get into it, then you realize there's so much more to it and uh, took the course. It was, it's only a year. Uh, and I loved it ever since. I just, I stayed. <laughs> awesome. So you knew, did you say you were in fourth grade when you knew you wanted to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. My um, nine-year-old is in orthodontic care right now. He's uh, has um, one of those things that widens the mouth inside. So yeah, yeah he's there like every month. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a never ending, like it's going to be this, then it's going to be braces and it's going to be ongoing forever. So Absolutely. Yeah, I was yeah. from from fourth grade until 12th, basically. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's a long process. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But so as it. yeah, so as you know, this podcast is is basically about frontline work in the pandemic. And when you reached out, I thought it was super interesting that you said sometimes you're considered frontline and sometimes you're not. So I was hoping you could chat a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, dentistry is kind of a, a an interesting profession here and in the states as well, I guess. But it's it's healthcare. But sometimes, especially here in Canada, where we have like MSI and stuff like that, we don't really get considered as healthcare because it's also private. Um, mm. So we just kind of get lumped in this different category, and it's. I don't know, it's interesting. So even like when the pandemic started here and uh, dentistry was shut down for three months, um, we the, the dentists didn't have help. So the government was giving help to all these other businesses, but it excluded dentistry. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just one of those strange like gray area things where basically it seemed like everybody else was getting help and, and just not dentists and and their practices so I mean they still all had overhead costs and everything that they had to deal with but um, what what other professions were getting help that would have been in the same line uh so I think um like massage therapy like businesses they they kind of consider like massage therapy a business it's again it's still kind of falls under healthcare. um but you know it's it's something that the government doesn't typically pay for right so Things like that, like physio, all that kind of stuff um, seemed to be getting help. Yeah. And, and dentistry was not. 
Um, They were really like the only exception. It was really, really crazy. And then when we went back to work, um, they decided like, oh, I guess we should help dentists. So then they ended up, there was a grant, but even so it wasn't, it wasn't a lot, (laughs) you know, it wouldn't have covered even the overhead for the three months that we were off. So. Wow. What do you think the assumption is there about dentists, why they wouldn't be included? I mean, I think a little bit to do with, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they think that they make enough money or mm-hmm. what it is, but really like production and like the overhead in dentistry. I know that's kind of a thing that a lot of people think that dentists are just making tons of money and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, of course they're, they're doing okay. Um, but there's, you know, they have to pay their staff, they have to pay rent, they have to pay their bills, they have to buy equipment, like everything right. in the dental field is so expensive. So there's a reason that you know, you pay mm. the price when you get these uh, procedures done and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I guess they just assumed they had lots of money and didn't need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what I don't an know. Assumption. That's what it seems like. And I guess like okay. they weren't paying their staff. So it's not like they were paying staff and not bringing anything in. But um, yeah, no, it was just it, it just seemed really, really crazy hmm. that they like everybody else seemed to get help. And dentistry was just kind of, you know, thrown by the wayside. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. And especially like to us, we look at ourselves and we say, well, we are healthcare because, you know, dental health is really important, first of all, um, just to, you know, keep you out of pain and uh, like all that kind of stuff. But it also has lots of connections to, you know, cardiovascular health, uh, diabetes, like there's correlations there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, it's important to, to keep up with your dental health but I don't know yeah it just seems that we always Mm. kind of are are in this different uh, group interesting so were you also were you open for emergency things or were you completely closed for the first three months so here in Nova Scotia we were closed Um, there there was teledentistry going on so um, you were advised if you had a dental emergency to call your dentist first Mm-hmm. Um, and they could, you know, potentially prescribe antibiotics if they thought that's what was needed. Um, and they were allowed to prescribe, I think, a couple of courses of antibiotics if needed. Um, and then if the problem persisted, they, there were a few clinics. Um, I think it was eight in Nova Scotia we had that were open for emergencies. So it was, it was pretty limited and like, um, a couple of those were at like our hospital and our children's hospital here in Halifax. So, um, it was, it was really, really emergency. Like, wow. What if you just needed a, what if you just needed a tooth pulled and you didn't need antibiotics? Yeah. It, it, it just, it had to be, you had to be in some killer pain. Yeah. It it was, it was crazy. Uh, and dentists don't typically like, you know, they don't want to just prescribe antibiotics to prescribe it, but it was kind of the only way to get you out of pain at, at that point. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So do you remember like when first hearing about the pandemic, like, you know, in like in February, January, like we started hearing about it at our work. Like, did you start hearing about it and people like, what was the reaction at the clinic? Yeah. So I'm actually at a different clinic now than I was okay. uh, at the beginning. Um, but we or even me personally I was like ah whatever it's not going to be a big deal um Mm -hmm. you know maybe it won't really get to us or we'll have a couple cases like it won't be a big thing and um the clinic was kind of feeling the same way like 
just, you know, it wasn't going to be a big deal. Um, and then kind of as we started seeing more cases and things going uh, really badly in Italy, I think, especially, um, mm-hmm. then we started to think, okay, this is, this is serious. And uh, yeah, the day I'll never forget the day we shut down, I wasn't even supposed to be working that day. And um, I went in and that morning, the clinic I was working for at the time, they just decided kind of before all the regulations were in place, they said, okay, we're going to cancel the day. And then we're just kind of going to see what happens. And uh, so that's what we did. So we shut down a little, like a couple days early. Um, and then it just went crazy. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a pretty quick transition too, from, you know, thinking this isn't a big deal to like, okay, this is, this is real. Like, this is a big deal. This is, yeah, we're going to be into some trouble here. Yeah, for sure. And what, from what Brianna tells me, like, I feel like the Maritimes are a bit more, they were more strict or they were more on it quickly. You know, I don't know if that's the case, but she always tells me their rules are kind of like, they were way more strict than ours were ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have to say like, here we are so lucky we're so lucky um it's been great right now here in Nova Scotia we have nine active cases I think um so it's they really really did a a great job and I know New Brunswick is they kind of had a a spike um but they're dropping now Newfoundland is having a spike um with the new variant uh, from the UK but hopefully they'll get that under control. They're mm-hmm. kind of locking things down mm-hmm. now. So, but yeah, we right from the beginning, we were very, very proactive, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. And we have an older population too. Okay. So um, I think that comes into effect. Um, just the government thinking about them a little bit more. And But yeah, yeah. no, it, it was, I, I really do think it was phenomenal yeah. what they did. You know, we still had deaths. We still had cases, um, but not near what it could have absolutely absolutely all right so just kind of walk me through like so you come back after the three months I assume at the beginning of the pandemic okay and so any like things that are notable at that point when you come back like what's it like 100% so I came so when I came back um, I actually started right at a new clinic Um, so (laughs) it was Quite the quite the transition. Yeah. I went from you know a completely different workplace, new coworkers, uh, but the uh, the team that I ended up working with, there you know were super super supportive. Um, before we officially opened back up, which I think June fifth was our first day back. So the first couple of weeks, we were only allowed to do emergency treatment. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of like just little exams and kind of figuring out what was really an emergency what we were allowed allowed to do um yeah so we had to be kind of careful with that for sure so that's one thing um another thing was all of the uh ppe uh the personal protective equipment that we had to wear um (laughs) was was different so you know we wear gowns now Mm -hmm. that we didn't wear before so when we scrub up you know we we look like we're going into surgery <laughs> um, and we wear shields. Some people, especially I found hygienists were doing that before. 
um, which is great. Uh, and I think I will continue to do this, you know, even if and when I get vaccinated. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think these are good practices. But yeah, just like so wearing um, all this extra personal protective equipment. Um, and there were, there, you know, there's questionnaires and waivers that people had to sign at first. We've kind of yeah. come like calmed down a little bit. There's not as much paperwork anymore, which is nice for the patient, but just everything took way more time. For sure. Were, were uh, you to nervous do? to go back for your own health and safety? Was that, was that front of um, mind? It, it was, it was on my mind. It was on my mind because, you know, people come in and, yeah, you ask them a bunch of questions, but are they, you know, not are they being truthful, but maybe they don't know, you know, maybe they don't know that they have it or, mm-hmm. um, and you're taking them in. There's no way that I can be six feet away from these people. Exactly. Because um, I'm literally <laughs> going to be working in their mouths. And uh, then you're asking them to not only not be six feet away from you, but also take your mask off. Um, so it's just like kind of one of these few industries and I know there's, you know, a few out there, but where we're like, yeah, we're going to be up in your personal space and you're not going to have a mask on. (laughs) Yeah. Literally in the area where we're not supposed to be anywhere near, right? Like that's how, like, I'm so shocked. Like it's, they're not considered frontline. (laughs) I don't know how that's possible. And then to make things worse, we, uh, we create aerosols, which is, you know, we're, we're putting all that out into the air and then you know you don't want to breathe that in if somebody does have COVID that's a great way to get mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. Um, so yeah we just you know we're kind of doing almost everything raw like that we shouldn't be doing right exactly <laughs> um, yeah yeah and so yeah the frontline thing it is it is kind of crazy but I think it's just because we were able to shut down for a few months mm-hmm. um, but even when we saw a little bit of an uptick here in cases at one point, and there was, you know, a little bit of a rumbling of, oh, do you think they would shut down again? Mm. And I don't think they'll shut dental down again. Okay. So I, I think maybe if, you know, if something came up, maybe we would be more considered frontline yeah. <laughs> because it'll be like, oh, yeah, you're actually not shut down and you are in their mouth. And dentists, dental assistants and dental hygienists are like the three top uh highest risk jobs that you can have so yeah actually I had heard or I'd read somewhere that mental health in dentistry is a significant issue like there I heard there's a high suicide rate for dentists but I don't know if that's true or just a rumor hi sorry I lost you there yeah that's weird yeah I don't know if mine went out or yours that's okay um I was just asking about mental health in dentistry you were mentioning that yeah so yeah so very high suicide rate in dentists. Um, I don't know exactly why that is. I, I, it's a high stress mm-hmm. job. Um, there's no doubt about that. You're, you know, you're providing healthcare and there's lots of things to think of. You have staff that you have to worry about. Um, it's, it's, a, right. it's healthcare, but it's also a business. So you're always thinking numbers. Um, so there's a lot to, to worry about. I wonder sometimes if that's why. Um, mm. yeah, yeah. How did the dentists respond in your clinic? Like, were they, did you notice a difference in them? Yeah. So kind of the first clinic I was at, um, they were a little more blase. Like they, they, the dentist specifically that owned the clinic wasn't 
he just didn't believe it was such a big deal. Um, mm. But mm. the the clinic that I'm at now, they very much have um, have been you know taking every precaution and um, they you know they know that yeah it is a big deal. So I, I work actually for um, two couples. And so the, they're all dentists, all four of them. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, one couple is from Syria originally, and the other couple is from uh, Iran. And so the Iranian couple, um, actually the, the, the female dentist, her, like her whole family basically back home had COVID. So she really understands, you know, <laughs> this is, this is real. Like this is a big thing. Um, For sure. Yeah. And she has, some siblings that are doctors and they've been, you know, dealing with cases in the hospital and stuff like that. So they're, they're taking it very seriously. And uh, there, there was definitely stress about, you know, if something had happened and we had a patient who had COVID and, you know, it it Mm -hmm. was very much like, make sure that you're cleaning everything. Not that we don't anyway, but (laughs) Um, it just, yeah, it was just that extra, like, okay, we have to make sure that we're doing everything right. And, you know, this is serious because if somebody happened to get COVID from our clinic, it would be awful. Like how bad would you feel? So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely feel bad. And then the business side of it too. Absolutely. Yeah. So a hundred percent, that's another thing to think of. And yeah. Yeah. Especially this is a new yeah, clinic, yeah, so I, they don't want that. You don't need that bad publicity out there at this point. So for sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I went to the I went to the dentist a couple of weeks ago, and they were literally like they washed down the door handle I touched, yeah. they washed down the seat up the the table that I touched. Like it was crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how have things changed over the last year? Like any. Any changes in you? I think you said things have kind of lessened in terms of the lengths that people need to go to at your clinic. Yeah, so th- that's more kind of the admin side. Of course, we have to before they come ask um, all the COVID questions. You know, have you been uh, for us? It's have you been outside of the Atlantic bubble or have you been outside of Nova Scotia? Or, um, you know, are you feeling okay? We take temperatures as people are coming in, so we're still doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great. I mean, you know, is it perfect? No, but we do what right. we can. Right. Um, and keeping people separated. So making sure that there's not too many people in the waiting room, like we're still doing all that kind of stuff. Um, at the beginning, we weren't allowing anybody to wait in the waiting room. So you waited in your car, we would call you, you come to the door, we would basically take you straight into the room. Now we can have a few people in the waiting room. We just have to be careful that everyone is socially distanced. Um, There were a couple little things that we were doing at different points. Like, um, I don't know if you heard about the whole mouthwash thing that you could do. And it was supposedly supposed to uh, cut down on on COVID. And if, you know, if you had it, it was supposed to kind of kill it for a little bit in, in the mouth anyway. Um, I did hear some rumblings of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, it was recommended at one point that it wasn't mandatory necessarily, I don't think, but it was recommended that, that we did that. Um, So we did, but we've kind of stopped doing that now because there's also now um, reports coming out that it really doesn't 
help. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, well, people, and, and people were ingesting all kinds of weird things. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, it's amazing, like all the different things that kind of, and that's one of the things too, because when we came back to work and it was emergency only for two weeks and then we kind of went back to normal practice, but rules were changing all the time because mm-hmm. we were still learning. So it was, it was just this process of like, okay, we're going to do this. And, you know, this is the best research we have right now. But then, you know, a few weeks later, it would be like, well, you know, maybe that really doesn't work, but let's try this instead. So um, just so much trial and error. And, uh, you know, luckily, we were all safe. There was nobody in the office had COVID or anything like that at any point. Um, But it's just, you know, it was just a lot of trial and error. It was really like, oh, you know, what are the rules going to be this week? And (laughs) what's going to change tomorrow? Like, you just never knew. Um, Yeah. And the rule makers don't know either. No, no, absolutely. So it it was just kind of like whatever new information they had, you know, you'd try it because it's, you know, it was Mm -hmm. worth it. Like, yeah, having somebody rinse with mouthwash for 30 seconds. Is it a big deal? No, (laughs) you know, it adds a little (laughs) bit of time to the appointment, but you might as well try it. And uh, if it helps, it helps. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And uh, we kind of found out it doesn't, but (laughs) but how long did that last for? How long did that go on Um, for? Oh gosh. Maybe I don't even know if it was two months to be honest with you. Like it was pretty, it was pretty okay. quick um, okay. that they kind of figured out. Eh, it's not, it's not really going to help. But they still have these different recommendations too. Like not everything is mandatory. There's um, recommendations that we use <clears throat> rubber dam, for example. If you've ever had that, just that kind of yeah, the sheet that goes over your mouth and the little clamp. Yep. Um, so there's a recommendation to use that just to cut down on aerosols. It's, it, it's not, and it can't be mandatory because there are situations where you just, it's impossible to use it, but, um, right. So there's just different little things that, that we kind of pay attention to and we try to do it when we can. Um, so yeah, dentistry is just, it's, it's so crazy because every human and every body is different. So you can't always do things the textbook way. Like, it would be nice mm-hmm. if we could use dental dam for everyone and cut down on the aerosols, but you can't say you have to because <laughs> it's impossible. Well, especially if you get, a like, a child in or something who doesn't want that, right? And it increases anxiety and things like that because that thing is a huge thing in your mouth. It is. Yeah, it is. And yeah. and so we don't usually use it with children um, right now, just like we're, you know, we, we see a lot of kids in my practice because one of our dentists um she was a, a pedo dentist back in back at home and so she mm-hmm. kind of still does that stuff but um but yeah so we don't we don't use it with them because like you said we don't want to cause that extra stress that they don't need to have and when right. we have parents in the room now like they have to wear the same garb that we're wearing so it's like we all look oh my god yeah it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> so yeah I wanted to, I wanted to actually ask you about that was there a time in the last year where parents weren't allowed in because I know I had a girlfriend who really struggled with that because her um her daughter was really anxious at the dentist and she just didn't feel like she could just let her go in alone so I wondered if you guys had a point where you weren't allowing parents in so we had a, and, and still kind of have to a degree, if a parent is okay with not being in the room, we prefer that right now. Just right. it's, it's a lot of extra, like it's extra uh, PPE that we then have to 
you know, it's a cost issue. Um, and, For sure. and it's just kind of making sure that parents are also following the rules. Like sometimes we'll have a parent who's dressed up in the gowns and the shield and you're not allowed to leave the treatment room if you're wearing that stuff. But sometimes, you know, they'll get a phone call and they think it's okay to just step outside. And it's like, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, yeah. so, uh, so we prefer if the parents stay outside, um, but it's not something that we, you know, we, okay. We'll, we'll we'll work with you if you think that your child needs you to be there then you know awesome. that it, it is what it is and it was never like absolutely not so you cannot be in the room so right have you ever had a parent refuse to put on all the gear uh no you know what some parents it's, oh, it's kind okay. of funny when you tell them that they need to wear it sometimes they'll be like oh okay that's fine I'll just wait outside <laughs> <laughs> so some people they're, they're just like no I'm good like I don't need to put this on they'll be you know the child will be fine or whatever and uh it, it's kind of funny when they do that I'm like I get it because <laughs> yeah I if yeah, I didn't well, have to wear it I really probably well I still I now I would probably but like yeah if you had told yeah. me that before I'd be like no I'm good I'm just gonna leave but yeah, yeah. so it's funny but no we've never we haven't had anybody who uh, refused and we've been really lucky too like with taking temperatures and all that kind of stuff I've heard some stories right. about patients who absolutely will not like they don't want their temperature taken they think it's like violating their rights or whatever but at my clinic we've been so so lucky so yeah that's awesome so interesting because I you know I live in Ontario and I was at the dentist with my kiddo the other day and we didn't have to wear gear so it's just an interesting interesting, a difference yeah 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 so it's different Um, per per province like that mm -hmm. and that's like dentistry in general it's different in every province and uh, when you go down to the states all the states have their own regulations so yeah right yeah well maybe that's why you guys are ahead of the game (laughs) yeah (laughs) just taking extra precautions yeah the gowns and stuff yeah (laughs) yeah for sure for sure so Chanel is there any standout stories in the last year like something that's really like you'll always remember or you like know, a specific client that had a really hard time or really we, we've been we've been so fortunate like people have been so good um and and like I said again with parents they've been super super co- cooperative like I feel so mm. lucky that's kind of one of the standout things to me honestly is how mm. great everyone um has been and that seems to kind of be yeah sure there's some people of course in the province that maybe don't agree but it's so few that we've just been so fortunate. Like it's, it's, they've made it really easy for us. Um, and like I said, this clinic that I started at was fairly new, like not even a year old when I started there and when it started back up after the pandemic and you know, right. we've had so many, we've, it's, it's been crazy busy, which is amazing. Uh, so many new patients and everyone that comes through has just been like, so receptive they understand that yeah when they come in you know what you have to wear a mask and we have to take your temperature and we have to ask you all these questions and when you come into the treatment room like Mm -hmm. we're going to be wearing all this funny you know funny stuff especially for the kids you think like it's bad enough when we're just wearing a mask but then all of a sudden you put all this extra stuff and it seems like you're in some kind of operating room like (laughs) um (laughs) but no they've all been so so great and uh I think that really speaks to uh, the province. Like, I think everybody here has been Mm -hmm. great. So, yeah, I'm just so thankful. 
Yeah, I think my daughter's biggest complaint was that they're not handing out the treats anymore. Like there used to be like a treasure chest of yeah. uh, toys she could choose from and they're not doing that. That's her biggest complaint. I know. Yeah, and we're not either. <laughs> I know. I know. It's yeah. awful. It's, <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have these kids that just, oh my God, they do so well or, you know, they're trying so hard and it's like, I'm so sorry, but <laughs> COVID sure, has ruined this for, for sure. us. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So when you were coming sort of in and out and not knowing sort of day to day, you know, if the rules were going to change, did you find that stressful for you? Like, did you take that home? Was that impacting um, your life outside of work at all? Yeah. So that was really stressful um, for everybody involved. The unknown is just, is so hard. Like it, it, you know, you come into work and you think what's going to happen today. And sometimes, you know, we'd get emails that, 11 o'clock at night from our dental board, you know, saying like updating us on what's going on. And uh, hmm. yeah, it just, it, it, it was hard mentally. And then trying to, you know, you're trying to do your best. You're trying to remember everything, but in the, like at the end of the day, we're all just human. Um, so, right. you know, you're, you're like making checklists and going through everything that you need to do, but yeah, it's difficult and it's tiring. And yeah. then you come home at the end of the day and you feel like you kind of have nothing left. Like you're just drained um thankfully it's you know it's better now we're leveling out and the rules have kind of been the same lately but just that first Mm -hmm. even probably from June until oh gosh September October October probably it was it was just stressful yeah yeah did you notice any like changes for you like I said at home or did you lose sleep? Like just notice any differences? Yeah. I mean, I think for sure my sleep is, is and still is kind of okay. affected by it. It's, it's been mm-hmm. really, yeah, it's been really, really tough. And just, like I said, not having the energy, like it just, it's, it's right. my job always is kind of physically and mentally, like you're thinking all the time, you're running around, you're doing stuff, but now it's just, there's an extra yeah. Like I have to remember this and that and the other thing. And it just kind of all that extra on top of what was already a little bit draining is just, yeah, it takes my energy. And I do, I do do um, 12 hour days on Mondays and Thursdays. So those days I'm extra tired. Oh my God. Yeah. Those are long. Oh my goodness. But you know, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm getting used to it now, but it's just trying to get back into that Mm. like routine of, okay, like. Yeah, I used to have all these extra things to remember, but my energy is kind of coming back, <laughs> thankfully. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's in like an emotional overload too, right? Along with the the physical and the mental, it's it's emotional for everyone, right? Because it's your safety, their safety. Yeah. You know everything. Yeah, absolutely. And like I, I I meant to mention earlier too, I'm not necessarily so concerned for myself. Yeah, absolutely. There are young people who have um, mm-hmm. you know succumbed or just gotten really really ill Mm -hmm. but I I feel pretty good I'm pretty healthy person generally like I'll probably be okay do I want to get COVID absolutely not (laughs) but uh, right I feel okay for myself but worrying about my patients um that's kind of one of my biggest things we see lots of you know older patients or immunocompromised patients and um Mm -hmm. those are the people that I really worry about and and you know we try hard for everybody, but like you just see these people and you're like, Oh my goodness. I, you know, I hope that I'm doing everything yeah. I can for you. Absolutely. Do you have to give a lot of reassurance reassurance? 
sometimes sometimes people have been pretty good and like I said here we've been pretty lucky um and we were closed kind of during the the worst of the worst and when we opened back up it was people who really wanted to be you know it sounds funny but really wanted to be in that chair like really wanted to come to the dentist because they had some (laughs) kind of pressing issue people don't like to see us usually but yeah people were pretty yeah some people were pretty excited when we opened back up and they were able to kind of get back on track with their dental health which I totally get um but yeah so people have been pretty good and uh, yeah there have been a couple instances of like you know I have to reassure patients that we're sterilizing <laughs> instruments which we've been doing forever mm-hmm. <laughs> so um yeah yeah like it's, those things it's just it's kind of funny to me because it's like if we weren't doing this before <laughs> that would have been really bad yeah but um but I get I totally get it I I get people being extra cautious and I think people are just thinking more in general of like okay this is going in my mouth or like if I'm gonna shake someone's hand or open a door I want to make sure that it's you know it's clean and not and we're not shaking hands anymore but um yeah I I, I get people wanting that that reassurance of like yeah. okay so this this was you know clean right <laughs> yeah well I went to the dentist I don't know I think three months ago and it was just the weirdest experience because it had been months and months of don't, you know, don't come near me. Don't. And now they were just right there, even to take the mask off. Like I had to think twice about it. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah. And it's funny. We get, oh, there's so many people and, and I just, I think it's so sweet, but it's, it's kind of funny. Like I'll be taking a series of x-rays on them and they'll be like almost putting their mask on between me taking these x-rays. Yeah. I'm like, ah, <laughs> thank you. But I, I need it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> So yeah, but people are just now just so used to having it on. They're like, oh, what is this? Like, what is this having a mask off and you being so close to me? (laughs) Yeah, it's so bizarre. So bizarre. It is. So any, yeah, any talk of dentists are getting the vaccine? Like I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I'm not up in the news about vaccines, but any rumblings of that being a priority? Yeah, um, yeah. So actually group here in uh, Nova Scotia, it, um, it was, it was kind of a thing again where we're like yeah dental like nobody thinks about us really um <laughs> so dentists were kind of like well we, you know we're here like we're in people's mouths and we feel like we are mm-hmm. frontline um and 100%. we need this vaccine and of course for their staff as well um so right, right now in Nova Scotia we're kind of in uh, I, the last I heard we're in kind of a second group of people to get the vaccine um okay. and or, well in the in the publication that public health put out um it was like mm-hmm. dentists and dental hygienists that does include assistants but we, <laughs> we did need to have that clarification they tend to forget about us too so um, oh, yeah <laughs> you're the bottom of the barrel yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> it's like talk about everybody else but forget about <laughs> us yeah so uh but no uh, we're in the second kind of grouping so we'll see what happens um I know they were supposed to be starting vaccinations of like the older population I think it was kind of 80 plus and then right. going down in groups For of sure. five or whatever um but my grandparents are you know 80 and 81 and they haven't received a call yet so <laughs> We'll see right. hopefully soon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about family? Was your, like, ex- was family worried about you? I know my mom would have been terrified. Yeah. So um, yeah. my, yeah, my family 
definitely they were worried about me. They are in mm-hmm. rural Nova Scotia. Um, so it was it wasn't quite as bad there uh, for the most part. But, you know, the central our central zone, Halifax and right. the area um, definitely had more cases. And then going back to work, um, they were definitely worried. Uh, and it's like, just make sure you do whatever you can to protect yourself. But they also understand mm-hmm. I have to go to work and, uh, you know, there's people that need help out there. So they they, they totally get that, mm-hmm. you know, it was time to go back. And I, I was miserable being off for three months. Like, that was awful. Um, so, you know, I think yeah. my mental health is better after going back. Like, even with all the added stress and everything, it's like, at least I get up in the morning and I go to work and I have something, you know, productive to do. Um, exactly you have structure I was the same it was awful so yeah I wasn't I wasn't coping well so you know they understand that I was happy to be back uh, in that way and uh, it was just kind of stressful because you know it was hard like I couldn't visit them um, for the longest time of course just because of restrictions we were down to Mm -hmm. just a bubble so it was just whoever is in your family is the only person you're allowed to see um, like living Mm -hmm. in your household Um, and where we kind of live a few hours away from each other, you know, it's, I don't see them all the time anyway, but, um, right. and then kind of even when, like, we, we had a spike in the central zone at one point and uh, they closed, they basically told us that we weren't allowed to go out into the rest of the province. Um, so I wasn't able to see my family again. <laughs> um, right. That's, you know, it's right. cleared up now, which is good. Um but yeah, it was mm-hmm. just, you know, it was, a, it was a struggle. But they're, you know, they, they understand that I want to be working. Uh, they know that they want me to be working too. <laughs> so, right. um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's such loneliness in, in that, especially when, you know, there's not, you know, a partner at home or other people at home and borders are closed and it's exactly. hard. Yeah, it is. It is hard. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad I had my cats. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah yeah no they is there anything that you like any suggestions for change for the future anything you want to say to dental assistants or just in general like kind of some last sort of parting words yeah so I'm really 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 lucky I have a great team that they you know want to make sure that we're okay they're taking care of the staff um and I want to make sure that all of the dental assistants out there, like make sure you're in a good office who cares about you um, and, and wants you to be mm-hmm. safe because you can't cut corners with this stuff um, at all. And, right. you know, sometimes even like, even if it's not going to hurt patient safety, if it's going to compromise your safety, don't let it happen or walk away. Um, it just, that's right. the, the utmost importance is your safety um and you know yeah I think that's that's just kind of the biggest thing for me is you need to be in an office that really cares for you absolutely it sounds like you did that my my guess is you walked yeah, away yeah so you know I, yeah, yeah I'm so fortunate now like it's just yeah mm-hmm. they, they're you know we've got a team that's really there for us and uh they you know they make sure that we have all the equipment that we need there's no cutting corners. There's mm-hmm. no, like, if you need more gloves, masks, whatever, like, it's there because they know we need it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate no, it. You being my first interview yeah, and that's everything. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably end it there. But any questions for me or? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. No, okay. that was great. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I will definitely be in touch and let you know because there was a spot where it sort of, I think I lost my connection. So I'll have to edit that, but I'll be in touch and like keep you updated on when it's going to be out. Did you want to hear it before it goes out? No, it's fine. You can, as you know, if you feel it's 